0: Welcome once again to 720 and 720. This is John Schulman. We are thrilled to have our first non-sports guy, but one of the most successful humans I know, Ted Alling. I won't call you Teddy. Ted Alling, welcome <laughs> welcome to 720 and
1: 720. Well, hey, I'm excited to be on here. I follow you guys on Twitter. You got some great. Uh, I'm honored to be on the first non-athlete. I take a little <laughs> bit of offense at that. Well, I was a left guard in high school, number 74, so
0: they always put the best athletes at left guard. You know that, right? <laughs> it, if you're listen, as I take J.C. Shulman up to ESPN for a tour, Seth Greenberg gave us a tour. We ran into Herm Edwards, and and Coach Edwards came out from the NFL gig, and he came out and he said, uh, he said, son, he said, son, what position do you play? And J.C. said, I, I play on, I'm center, or I play on the line. He said, "Well, that's great, but you ain't going to get the girls. The quarterback gets the girls. So, son, you <laughs> need to go tell your coach you need to play quarterback."
1: <laughs> I love it. So, I'm assuming
0: that's why you got married late, Ted. Right?
1: That, yeah, exactly. I, I was a late bloomer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I will to shut up. But here's how we're going to get started here. Uh, this these podcasts are to help young coaches, young people, parents, players, and all the deal. Here's what I want to do. I want to. I want to take everybody real quick through your history, but I'll. what you did is in basketball terms is you took a basketball program that had never played a game, and you took it to a national championship. So you took a company that wasn't even a company, and you won a national championship, and in business terms, you sold it for a lot of money, correct? Uh, that That is true. Uh, tell us, you know – Tell us how you got started. What were the keys? What were the how? How on earth did you take a company with no employees and then sell it for millions and millions, hundreds of millions later on?
1: Well, uh, it's a great story. So I, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. I uh, went to Vestavia High School, and I went really far away from college to Sanford,
0: <laughs> four <laughs> miles away. Okay.
1: Um, I. It's funny. I, thought, I was thinking about your podcast earlier, and when I started uh, my company, I you know, I say this all the time, I was a very average athlete, average student, but I was really big in like my fraternity in college, and I met these two knuckleheads, both from Chattanooga, which you know them well, Barry and Allen. and I've always um, surrounded myself with people smarter than myself. I could patent that um john you're pretty good at that as well
0: <laughs> no doubt
1: um so went to work for a company called ch robinson right out of college for two years and then i got a chance to start access america transport so me and my buddy barry i came on a sales call to chattanooga and his dad had a brick company and i was doing logistics and me and him started talking We're like you think we could do this on our own and i was like Let's freaking do it. And so um, I just built a house and I convinced my wife. And so she said, you know, I was lucky because her dad was an entrepreneur. And a lot of people in life don't have parents that take risks. So she was kind of used to taking risks. And so she was like, you know what, let's go for it. So I was, you know, 23 year old um, kind of I knew I wanted to start a business in college, but I was lucky because I had, you know, My buddy, whose dad, put some money up. And so we started the company super humbly in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I'm a huge goal setter. So I had two things when we started the company. First thing I said, I want to be the best place in America to work. Like, that's it. If we are the best place in America to work, we're going to attract the most positive people. And positive people are productive people. And second, I said, I want to be a $100 million company. And Barry is the financial guy. He's like, "Whoa, okay, psycho. Let's let's (laughs) settle down because it was just the two of us." And so I just set really insane ten x goals. And I think you know when you compare that to sports, when you're starting your own sports program, if you don't have these super high expectations, like you're never going to get there. Well, you're the leader. You know, I love the quote: "The speed of the pack is determined by the leader." And so I'm sitting there saying these crazy things, and I believed it too. I just I felt like if we got the right people around us, we could grow something big.
0: Well, I wonder. And I so, wonder if you just had a if you had a basketball program, and and I'm trying to relate everything here from the business side to athletics. If you had a place and your basketball program was the best place to play ball and the most positive place to play ball, I wonder if more kids would come to it. And you just set that goal early that we're going to go to the NCAA tournament.
1: That's it, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly. That's exactly what my mindset was. It's funny. I just finished. I love. I'm a big reader, and I just finished Dean Smith's book. And Dean Smith talked about. By the way, if there's any basketball coaches, you should be required to read his book. <laughs> and the chapter the Carolina Way is just unbelievable. But he talked about he would not. He liked to um like the typical player UNC would recruit. He like he never went after like the highest scorer mm-hmm. in the country. He's like, you know, championship teams don't have the highest uh, score in the country. And so, um, you know, I think we kind of did the same thing. We wanted to get really – I call it all the time. I wanted to hire employees that had PhDs, poor, hungry, and driven.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I was all about getting folks that I could tell wanted more for their lives. I didn't like silver spoon. Yeah. you know, young people. I like people that work during high school and college. And, you know, to make $100,000 was life-changing. And so that was really a lot of the type of folks that we went after. So we set the goals really high for ourselves, and then it was just insane obsession. Um, on the weekends, I would go to truck stop So we were, quickly, we were the middleman between manufacturers and trucking companies. So in America, there's all these small trucking companies that are moving freight for, you know, everybody like starbucks and anheuser-busch and disney and Komatsu and caterpillar those are some of our customers but in the beginning we just had like small lumber customers brick customers and that sort of thing and so uh my wife and i literally would go to truck stops on the weekends Saturdays and sundays i'm driving to cleveland tennessee and down towards atlanta and i'd knock on driver's trucks which is very scary <laughs> but uh i would knock on the doors and then Hey brother, what's going on? You know, where's it? Where are you delivering this load? They'd be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to Savannah, Georgia, and I'd give them my card and be like, Hey, when you get to the Savannah, call me. I'm going to help you out. So I develop relationships with um, all different you know walks of people. and I, I really believe um, you know you got to treat you know one of my mentors, a, a guy that I've read a lot about, and there's a great YouTube. His name's Art Williams, and I met Art about a year ago, and he grew Prime America from himself to over two hundred thousand employees. And he said, Ted, every person I meet, I picture them with a sign around their neck that says, Make me feel special. And he said, The truck driver, the CEO, the doctor, everybody in the world wants to feel special. And Coach Shulman is one of the best people I know at that. <laughs> but I try to really it doesn't matter who it is, I, I see everyone and that's my mindset when I see somebody. And so um, you know, and that's kind of what we did in the early age, especially with the truck drivers and employees. But we were super lucky. Um, we grew it. Um, first year, I think we did close to 2 million, and then we did um, 7 million, 18 million, 36, 45, 54 million, and then it got crazy. We went 97 million, 180 million, 350, and eventually got to 490 million in 12 years. <laughs> and it was, we had close to, we had over 500 employees, nine locations around the country, and you know, and the, the goal never, the goal was always just continue to hire really great people, have a great culture. Um, I think great companies and probably great basketball and football programs have soul. I mean, would you agree with that statement?
0: Absolutely. I, I, there's no doubt. And they have un- culture now, Ted, in the athletic world is the buzzword. You got to have great culture. So tell me about your culture you had at Access America because it was completely different than I'd ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, we, we said stuff all the time, like uh, one heartbeat. Um, we really cared about people and their families, and it meant, you know, I was CEO, and there was people in the company making more money than me, and I was a CEO, and that sounds kind of crazy, because most people think they'd make the most, but we had really strong compensation packages for our managers and our VPs and different level, and um, the culture was very caring, it's very um, uplifting. We got excited when people could say to us, hey, you know, I get to send my kid to a private school now because of you guys. Hey, I bought my first home now. And so we were very just, you know, I think one of the quotes that I really love, Zig Ziglar says, if you can help enough people get what they want in life, you can have anything you want. Yeah. And so I have been just obsessed with trying to help whoever it is get what they want in life. And I'm telling you, it's come back to me a hundredfold. And so I'm just tr- even if people work for me. I mean, we had at one time we tried to I tried to pay people to quit. Uh, we were like, hey, we'll pay five thousand dollars to walk out right now. And if people and no one ever took it, but if someone was to take it, great, what a win for us! If that amount of money care, you know, if you're going to lose, you know, if you needed five thousand dollars, too bad to quit this awesome job. We didn't want you there because we needed people that were fully committed to the company. Why well, we then, had three listen this we had three employees with company logo tattoos. Like real tattoos. And so um I, I think well, it just and really you, and
0: you sold the company. Thanks a lot, Ted. I yeah, mean did well, they, and I paid, you I paid, paid to for get the removal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought your culture uh not only did you get self motivated people in there, but it was fun. People did not uh People didn't hate coming to work. It was fun. You had ping pong tables in there. You had pool tables in there. I I, I was there one day when when uh, you were all, y'all had everybody brought their music musical instrument. and Everybody's playing music after work, and every I, they love coming to work and they love you. And if they love their leader, they'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, I, you know, it's just like you know any program.
1: It, it everything comes down from the leader, like up at the top, and that that's how it's set. And I was just a, you know, super lucky guy to have great parents growing up and to teach what things were right and wrong. And I had great coaches. I mean, I, you know, I really gleam a lot of my success from my high school football coach and, um, great parents and great brothers. So I, I, you know, I feel every day I tell my dad, I'm the luckiest guy alive and, um, I don't know. We just focused on our people. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but we, and we, we worked with a lot of referrals, too, where people were like, hey, you need to come work here. And so we really kind of scaled the business through relationships. And we, we thought long-term, we have you know, long-term plans for people. And people like transparency, too. People like a roadmap. Like, here's how we're going to get there, and this is what you have to do. And, you know, if you read a lot about – and we push people hard. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We held people accountable. But if you read a lot about Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, he's got a great book, The Everything Store, and people were like, you know what? This was the most intense years of my life, like when the early couple years of Amazon, how crazy it was growing. But they looked back – and they were stressed out or whatever, but they look back on that that process, and they're like, that was so fulfilling as a person because we're we're doing such good work. And I I bet people would say the same about – you know Nick Saban's program. Like, how hard is he pushing those those coaches? You know, they're probably it's very intense, obviously, because he's an intense human. But I guarantee they're they're learning such good lessons, and um, they're never gonna you know they're making a run that's never happened before.
0: Well, it's the same thing having a, a coach or a teacher that's on you all the time. You hate them at the time. You think it's miserable at the time, and then you realize in five years, oh my god, that 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 was my favorite teacher. That I learned the most. That was my favorite coach. I learned the most. Those were incredible. You show me a teacher or a coach that doesn't give a rip about what you do or let you slide. I'll show you one that doesn't give a rip about you. Mm. And, and I mean, you're just, you're there to learn. I mean, and we'll talk in, in a second about what you're doing now, but those kids going through Chattanooga prep with you and your program, it's hard for them. And, mm-hmm. and th- thank God it's hard for them. I mean, right. don't don't let it be easy. If it's easy for them, they're not getting anything out of it, and so it's got to be hard for them. And and then you know, it may not be fulfilling at that second. It will be because you're giving them the the ABCs, the fundamentals of life. And if you don't have it, you're you're screwed. Um, mm-hmm. You're you're okay. You you love football. I'm trying to get you to love basketball, but you love football. Uh, Tell me, as you're looking for your employees like that, but in football, what do you look? Give me some characteristics that you want from your players or your employees. Um, you know, I need people that I can trust, and
1: so a lot of that trust com- comes from people having high character. Um, uh, so we, it's you know, you know, that's hard to find too, um, people that are really high character and.
0: And how do you, how do you know how do you know a guy's high character? How do you know he's not BSing you? In an interview? Yeah, that's how- it's
1: hard. That's hard to find, and a lot of that might come from other relationships and references and that sort of thing. But that's that's definitely something that we look for at a at a um, high level with high character. Um, I love people, and this is like a term I'm obsessed with. But with a growth mindset, uh, you know, you can have fixed mindsets or growth mindsets. And this is someone that is constantly learning. Um, I, you know, I'm obsessed with podcast and reading about business and successful people. I, you know, what's so crazy, and I'm so glad I'm on your podcast because I'm, I'm really into podcasts. And it's like, when in the history of the world could you right now pick up your phone and listen to the most successful coaches on earth telling you exactly what to do? Like here's the blueprint, like this is what you need to do. you just get some earphones put in and you can start listening to your podcast and getting the tips and trades and the hacks that can help scale as a young coach or old coach or whatever um, see what they're doing learn and so i I just I can't you know I say this a lot. I speak to a lot of groups, and I'm just like, you know, you know are you investing time or wasting time and so you constantly need to be pushing yourself, learning as much as you can and then, you know, kind of giving back. So I love growth mindset people, high character people. Um, you know, you've got to be very ambitious too. I want to be surrounded with people that push me all the time and um, you know, and you know, I know I'm setting the pace for a lot of stuff, but I like to be for people to be running faster than me and harder than me and like, gosh, I gotta keep up with these folks. And so um I, I like I like to be challenged in that way. Um there's a Those are three big things I think I'd probably
0: look for. I, I'm reading Eastman's book right now, all right? And I know he came and spoke for you um, to a group. Um, his big thing is, is you know, everybody has fear of failure. Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. And and he talked about uh, if you don't, you know, his big thing is trying. And, and you have to try something. And uh, if you don't try it, you'll never know. And you have to have guts to try it. A lot of people, you know, and this is what I want to get in your head a little bit, everybody talks a good game. Everybody talks about this idea or that idea, and um, maybe we should change defenses. Let's try this. Let's let's try to put in Tua – in the halftime of a national championship game. You know, who does that? Nobody does that. But mm-hmm. but he had the he had the guts to do that. Uh, a lot of people have neat ideas. You tried to do something. Y'all sat there and talked about starting a Smoothie King and, and Barry ran the numbers and it wouldn't work. Who do, You not only talked about it, you put your money where your mouth was and you did it and you tried it. I know it was hard, but how do you have the guts to do that? um besides having belief in yourself but, but, yeah, every, think, but everybody's um, got yeah. belief in themselves right. in them.
1: i just i just told myself that there was no way we were going to fail like it, it's like there's a zero possibility and i'm delusional i'm a crazy person that's the really that's the really it i hate really to tell you most
0: i would say that most successful business people and coaches are absolutely out of their minds nuts because you (laughs) have to be because you're going to fail so much and you just got to disregard the failing and keep going
1: yeah i mean people are like you know 90 percent of businesses fail you know and i'm just like you know we we have we're putting it all on the line i'm gonna die before this thing fails and it was just a complete i don't even know i mean it's hard to even reflect on what we were able to do because we were moving so fast and we were so obsessed and it was just constantly, you know, a lot, you know, my granddad used to say, make your work a hobby and you'll never work a day in your life. And so this was my hobby. This was kind of everything, you know, it's my family, my kids and my wife and the business. I don't have a ton of other, you know, hobbies and that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of early on and, you know, reflecting now I'm I'm 41 now. So I I was in it for a while Um, and now I'm, doing a lot of other mentoring with other startups I'm an investor in a lot of different
0: companies well let, and so let, let, let me just tell everybody all right so so Ted sells you know I, I said Ted I call you Teddy behind uh, closed doors and non microphones but Ted so Ted sells his business and makes a bunch of money and all his people make a bunch of money so what does Ted do he puts all of his money in a school uh, here in Chattanooga for young kids. He started it start all boys in the sixth grade. And so talk to us about what you're trying to do for young people and what your school's trying to do for young people. Because I think as coaches we could take some things from what you and Dean Jones and Tim are doing at Chattanooga Prep. Yeah,
1: so we um we visit we started a
0: school. It's a it's a
1: school for disadvantaged boys. It's a charter school. My wife and I the last three years, we went and visited the best schools in the country, went up to St. Benedict's in Newark, which is a a great school. I met with David Robinson in San Antonio. He's um, started seven schools and went to L.A., Kansas City, Atlanta, Chicago, visited the best schools in the country. And and I wanted to take all the best ideas and bring them back to Chattanooga. We've got some failing schools in downtown, some middle and high schools that are just – not doing super well. And, and I'm noticing the graduates and just, you know, these kids don't really have much of a shot. Um, so we, we started a sick, we just started it last year this, in August. And, uh, it, but it's some of the same beliefs that I had when I started Access America. Like we literally, I literally believe that this is like, this school is going to be on 60 minutes and this school people from all over the world are going to come and see what we're doing down here at the school and um it's happening so it's it's um we've got 66 boys it's very intentional in the mornings we have this town hall and kind of set the stage for the boys day and it's funny so coach shulman is a mentor for a little kid and his kid told me the other day i asked him why he loved chattanooga prep and he said mr allen he said i love chattanooga prep because i can come to school and i can learn because my old school, the teacher had to deal with a bunch of kids that were you know, causing a ruckus, and she couldn't teach me. He goes, I can come here and be focused and learn. And so we have, um, out of our boys, 66 students, this is a crazy stat, 29 of the boys came in reading below a second grade level. Hmm. Second grade. And these are sixth grade boys. And so we're closing the achievement gap, and, but more than anything – we have 66 male mentors that are um, stepping up and committing seven years to each boy, because a lot of these these kids are um, don't have a lot of positive male influences in their life, and so we're giving this really advantage education to them. It's super intentional. It's super focused. It's very structured. It's very uh, disciplined. Like John was saying earlier, and um, this is kind of the purpose. My wife and I is purpose of our life. I mean, we just we're again obsessing of this. We you know we wake up, we talk about it. We get you know go to bed, we're talking about it. It's kind of like just on our minds right now, and it's it's weird. I mean, I put a lot of my net worth into this thing because it's the right thing to do. But it's guess what? Somehow it's going to come back to me. I don't even know how. (laughs) I don't even care because I feel so. Like, I'm, I just know that I'm supposed to be doing this right now. And these students are going to be shocking the world. Like, I really, really know that they're going to be going to great universities. we got a great basketball coach that um, is just, he's, you know, and he's and he's so funny. He's very, he wants to win in the character bucket than the wins and losses. And that's how we feel, too. And, you know, what? if we win in character, we're going to win in wins and losses, too. And so um, we talk a lot about stuff like that. So it's, it's a neat place. Any of your viewers or. Love to give a tour whenever you want, because um, we're doing some really unique things here, and it's it's just chattanoogaprep.com.
0: Well, I, you know, um, so as a, as a as a basketball coach or a football coach or as a teacher, as what you're starting at the school, most of us really just focus on that, and we don't go beyond. Um, you know, like Furman's taking their kids now and getting a suit tailored for them and meeting with business people out in the community. I think is really good. Uh, you just took a trip. You just took a trip. Tell us about your trip. You just took to, to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah.
1: So this is this is really cool. Um, there's a great documentary called Brooklyn Castle. I saw a few years ago, and um, it, it kind of shows some, some kids in New York, um, some boys of color, and they play chess. And a lot of boys of color are told, you know, you're supposed to dribble a ball better and run faster than someone else, than your, you know, than the other kids in the school. But these kids start playing chess, and the moment they play chess, and this documentary talks about them beating a white kid, something in their brain unlocks, and they're like, oh my goodness, like I'm really smart. And so we started a chess team. Our school has robotics, chess, soccer, and basketball right now. And so the chess team is, um, we have 12 kids on the, ch- the team, and two weeks ago, uh, my family took five of the boys to Brooklyn for a chess tournament. It's like this huge, prestigious chess tournament. It's like kids from all over the world—Tokyo and London, and Spain, and South America—and these kids have never flown on a plane either, which was really cool. When we took off in Chattanooga, they started, started cheering, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, which was really cool and special. But we got up there. And I literally, I, I, I went into this just, you know, the kids have been working super hard. We, we have practice four days a week, and they didn't play chess before six months ago. So in my mind, I was like, you know, we might win two or three matches, which total. And um, we ended up winning 11 matches, and we came in 19th out of 48 schools, and which was just a huge win. I mean, my goodness, we came in, you know, the top half of the whole thing. But those boys, pride, confidence, I mean, it's like next level. The next day at school, they're just walking around with their chin up and chest out. And like they are now like want to go next level with it. So it's it. That's a really fun. We want to do a lot of those type experiences for the boys, getting them out. You know, a lot of the kids have never left Chattanooga before, like not even been to Atlanta or anything. So uh, we want to like kind of expand their minds and uh, give them all the tools to be successful in life.
0: Well, when you do that, when you do that, they know you care. And so, as as a basketball coach, I will tell you this: as a basketball coach, as a football coach, you're going on the road. You go play a game somewhere. Um, you know, take your kids and do something unique, non sports related. Mm, that's uh, good. Go, go mm-hmm. take them. You know, we went up to Philly to play uh, to play the NCAA tournament. Uh, we took our guys to the Rocky muse- I mean, to the Rocky statue and tried to do a few things. But I, I didn't do a great job of that. We get so focused on uh, what we're supposed to do and trying to win games that we get mm-hmm. blinded by trying to help them become a better young man. You all are not blinded uh, because that's all you're trying to do at Chattanooga Prep. Yeah. It's so you're, you're, awesome. No, what what you've done is you've, you've tried to do uh, – you didn't talk about it. You've tried new things. It worked. Uh, you made sure that it was going to work. Uh, hiring your teachers, hiring your teachers. You, it's like almost hiring your assistant coaches. Uh, is this the same process that you did for your employees at Access America?
1: Yeah, total, it's the exact same. We, we want high energy. We want positive. We want lifelong learners. We want um, mission-driven people because, you know, teachers get paid way too little than they should, and so we want to change some of that as well. Um, so we, we're, just, we're just trying to tr- attract – really high energy motivated
0: <laughs> all right teacher, now, I and we're I, doing it. i know i'm laughing now listen ted we had a guy named cy on this podcast he's an associate head coach at uh he was my associate head coach at chattanooga he's now an assistant at, at florida state for leonard hamilton in the acc and we talked about what are you looking for in recruits and all he could talk about was high energy so uh, now you got you got an African American male from Carroll City, Florida, Miami, who who grew up in the ghetto down there, and then you got Ted Alling, uh, Caucasian number seventy four, left <laughs> guard from Vestavia Hills and Sanford, and you both are talking about high energy, because if kids and employees and everybody's not high energy, you got no prayer, do you?
1: Uh, that's no, absolutely not. The kids feed off that energy. And they they see it. They know that people care more, and um, you know it's it, it's that's that's what we've always surrounded ourselves with, and that's what's um, that's what we're going to continue to do. And and you've got to be that way too. And to be that way, though, people have to be living their purpose. And so um, this is my purpose right now. And you've got to recruit coaches who obsess over being over. You know, I just read Mike Tyson's book, and Tyson early on he had this great trainer, um, Cuss and people don't know this about Tyson, but, like, he was a student of the game. Like, every night when he was, like, in his teen, his teenage years, he's standing up watching all these great boxers studying their technique, learning how they trained. I mean, he was a real student of the game. And so, I mean, that's what you got to do when you're you're tracking coaches, too. Who is just put on earth to be a basketball coach? And you've got to go find those people.
0: I always talk about this. I always talk about... That, that when coaches get done coaching and retire, so-called, they, they go into depression uh, mm-hmm. because it's not a job for them. It's a calling for them. And, mm-hmm. and most of the time when business people retire, they go to the Bahamas and go into their nice home and have a blast. That's a job. It's not a calling. Um, mm-hmm. Coaching is a calling if you're in it for the right reason and, and mm-hmm. not not for money what you're doing right now at Chattanooga prep that's a calling what you did yep. at access America was make a lot of money uh, <laughs> but 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 what you did really is you helped people I mean yeah you made a lot of money but you helped people get a chance to live their dream because of the unique uh pay structure you all had and and uh but I do want to get back to one thing you were talking about growth mindset you're right you got all these coaches you got all these people People on podcasts and videos and all this, and there's still people that are stubborn and non-growth mindset people, hard-headed people that will, that refuse and think they're doing it, that their way is the only way. You see that in the business world?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, and you, you've got to run from that. Um, I love being around a lot of entrepreneurs that make my head hurt. That are so smart and so bright and pushing the limits on everything. Um, and, you know, you see, and I see people that is like, oh, no, that won't work, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just can't. I just have to discount them because you've got to be always open to new ideas and learning new things. So it's, it's, it's a very... Um, you know, I just don't have time to be associated with people that, with that type of mindset.
0: Every summer, every summer after a season, I coached for 24 years in college. Every summer after the season, I would try to learn and learn and learn. And I would almost be embarrassed that I didn't know that in the previous season, or or we played a ball screen like that, or we did it like that. If you don't mm-hmm. continue to learn and look back and say, oh, my God, I was terrible. What was I doing? And just <laughs> right. keep growing and keep learning. I'm assuming, did you ever feel like that access after you learned something and you look back and went, what were people even listening for me <laughs> to me about? Now oh, totally. I'm, I'm no, so yeah. much smarter now than I used to be. And that, mm-hmm. that's where I don't think people continue to learn.
1: Hey, I'll say this, and it's something else I learned from Dean Smith, and I've always thought this way. But Dean Smith said he would always go around to the older coaches, like at the camps and stuff. And he said, you know, a lot of younger guys would discount what they're thinking. And he's like, I would find the oldest coaches there and sit and just take notes and pick their brain. And that's one thing I was thinking about this year, what I've done more than previous years. I'm really in a really good habit, like what I'm waking up really early, I'm meditating in the morning, I, um, I'm reading a ton and I'm journaling, journaling a lot. I've journaled more this year than I've ever journaled in my life. And I always kind of keep it with me and I'm just learning, I'm learning wisdom from everybody (laughs) that I meet. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm just, and I just, I thought about that because there's so much wisdom to learn from even old coaches. My, I wrestled two for a year and my wrestling coach, he's in his seventies and he still goes to camp to learn about Wrestling, like in California and stuff. I mean, how incredible is that? I mean, that guy was put on earth to coach wrestling and to continue to push himself and to learn. And that's, you know, that's ho- hopefully we can all be like that and never get status quo. Um, here's one more story. This week I had uh, dinner with Nolan Bushnell. So, Nolan Bushnell, it's one of my favorite podcasts, NPR, is how I built this.
0: Nolan is 75, he created Atari. Okay, remember the game The <laughs> yeah. game Atari? Do I remember? You don't remember. I remember. <laughs> I played it. Okay.
1: He created Atari, sold that business, then he started Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Yeah. Okay? I gave that man a lot of money.
1: Listen, then, <laughs> then he's had a bunch of other tech startups and software. He was in town in Chattanooga for an Alexa conference. This man at 75 has created an Alexa game. Like, cause Alexa's are going to be in every one of our rooms in the future, like pretty soon. And it's like clue, the game clue, you know, the board <laughs> yeah, game yeah. and you'll go around to each room and kind of do this thing. But this guy's 75 years old and he has an Alexa startup. Like that motivates the crap out of me. And it's like, man, I hope in, you know, 50, 40 years, I'm still tr- trying to continue to build stuff and motivate people and like, well, whatever. That, that,
0: that's what life's about. Life is about, I mean, why stop? Uh, I, I don't that's why coaches can't retire coaches got to coach and and, yep. and and people entrepreneurs got to start something else new you got to keep your brain going and you got to keep your brain stimulated uh, I, I ain't gonna lie to you for a non athlete yes Teddy all right you are I've seen you swing golf club all right uh i still want to see some video of you playing left guard did you get to play were you blindside what what were you i no, i was
1: I, again i got very limited time i was not i was
0: not good Now, i mean but you were in football land i mean you you love alabama football correct
1: uh you know i do. not know it's kind of a, it's been a sad
0: after week but
1: no, actually not sad we're we're the most spoiled fans on
0: earth. So absolutely, and then when Saban gets done coaching Dabo, so I mean Sweeney's going to come over to Alabama. You're going to win <laughs> uh, multiple. Mul- hey, listen, thank you for your time. It's a Sunday afternoon, everybody, and, and Ted Allen takes time out of his daggum. Uh, life uh, to try to help young people and young coaches. And even though this wasn't a sports podcast so-called, everything you said, Ted, you could put in, in a sports program. Absolutely, without a doubt. You can just translate it because you had so much success. If you were somewhat athletic, you could have been a coach, a really good coach, Ted, because you were an amazing leader because you cared about people and people knew you cared about them. And so mm-hmm. we didn't talk about the X's and O's of your business uh, because, you know, your, your X's and O's part of your business at Access America was how much you were charging for this or whatever. Right. You, you never talked about that. All you talked about were, were your people because your people, the Jimmy and the Joes, that's what wins you gains. And if you just care about people, um, then people will start – better people will start coming to your place, and you'll have more success.
1: Hey, let me re- – can I
0: end with one thing? Absolutely. I was just thinking about this, and this is this, and it, it
1: translates from business to also coaching. I say this to all the time to startup CEOs, and you can say the same thing for coaches. The coaches, a head coach, has three things they're supposed to do. Okay, number one, set the vision and mission for your program. Okay, this is who we are, and this is where we're going. Number two, hire the smartest, hardest working, most positive. Growth mindset people you can find as your assistants. That's your second thing.
0: Number three, keep them happy. <laughs> That's go. it. Let me just tell you something. The whole 30-minute podcast we just did was worth that one moment right there, Ted. Uh, you just helped a whole lot of people, including myself, because I'm not too old to keep on learning. Hey, man, Love it. thank you All so right, much. Brother. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate your time. And uh You were valuable for us. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds great. All right, buddy. Take care.